Good morning, church. Yeah, good news. So finally, I was able to launch my, not my, but launch, uh, launch an assignment that God has given me a long time ago as it's been pressing my heart to to do this. So yesterday we started, we, we went live with single stock, uh, single talk. Yeah, because when you have some kids in church, they're going to they're gonna correct your pronunciation. So I got to get it correctly. Amen. <clears throat> correct myself before they correct me. Kids, you're going to hear more words this morning. And um, maybe I'll be the be- uh, I'll be, I'll have a upper hand in English language this morning. Let's see how this goes. Fantastic. Right. So Single Stock yesterday was fantastic. So Single Stock is, um, is, a, is a face-to-face forum where we have we have face to face sessions with single people, uh, and the and the objective is to help um, single people. Uh, um, how will I put it? I don't want to. I don't just want to go jump straight into the end goal. Get yeah, I think I should I should start with that. So the end goal is to help single people to lead objective and meaningful relationships, uh, but to for single people to lead objective, meaningful, purpose relationship relationships especially romantic that will lead into marriage or other relationships that should not lead into marriage with they need to learn how to manage those relationships effectively for them to know these things learn these things to a very much extent they need to discover who they really are in christ jesus you know many of us are broken and um yeah okay i'll put this way many of us are broken and when we get married without dealing with a few things or becoming aware of certain things that needs to be dealt with or, or things we need to work with a lot to deal with, when we then get married, getting married to somebody else who is kind of broken, see, we are all broken to be honest with you, as long as we are, we live in a fallen world or we live in this world that is fallen in a sense. Now, when people don't realize the some areas of their life that needs to be fixed in a sense and they get married now when two people when two broken people come together not trained not counseled not uh not enlightened in the area of their identity most of the time when they go into marriage they have wrong or false expectation of one another so people people throw stones at marriage marriage is difficult marriage is not good marriage is this marriage is that but marriage is not a problem because without two people committing themselves to a marital relationship, there's no marriage. So people should stop casting stones at marriage. People make marriage. Marriage is made up of people. So if a marriage is not working, the problem is with the people in the marriage and not the marriage, not marriage as an institution. So God is calling us to help single people to discover their uniqueness, discover their rights and privileges in Christ, discover who they are in Christ Jesus, and help them in the area of character, in the area of um, attitude, behavior, how to build effective relationships, meaningful relationships, objective relationships, so that they, they are able to experience wholeness in their individual life and in their marriage relationship. Amen. So if you have loved ones who live in Milton Keynes or near or around Milton Keynes, yeah, uh, I'm going to share the date for the next uh, session. So we'll try to, I think for for now, we'll run it monthly uh, on a Saturday evening. 
just how we have some food. So it's not that kind of a Sunday service or kind of service where you come and worship and you know, it's to have a chat, fellowship together over food and talk. And yeah, I mean, we had an amazing thing. We had, we had an amazing session yesterday and I'm looking forward to many more sessions in future. Amen. And some people, if some folks want to travel away from London or far away, you are more than welcome. God is after your wholeness. God is after your, God is after you. God wants you to experience his kindness, his goodness. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I've taken five minutes to welcome you to the world of um, singles talk. And when I say singles, okay, I'm thinking, uh, Lord Jesus, help me. Yeah, you know, when I come here, I just pour out. I'm like, Lord, what should I, should I say this? Should I not say that? Okay, I'm thinking, like, you know, you know, when I say singles, they, 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 um, by default, what comes to the mind of people is um, maybe people who are in their age, in their twenties, uh, young people who are, you know, people be twenties. Yeah, but uh, I've I received I received messages from older people who are also in a single state and they say things like even older people need this who are single so if you're in your late 30s 40s and you feel that you know you're single and if you uh it's going to be a blessing to you okay you are welcome and this out of the generosity and the goodness of my heart guys you know i'm joking fantastic but everyone is welcome if you're single you're welcome and uh, can i shut down with this on that on this note sing to be single is not a disease to be single is not a sickness, right? To be single is not a disease. To be single is not a sickness. We live in a fallen world where some cultures tend to stigmatize you when you are 13 and you don't have a husband. I had somebody say something <clears throat> unpleasant. They say, you know what? There's a, for a woman, there's a window. There's a window of safety. If, they're not, if you're not married between the age of, you know, 22 and 28, your, your, your things is not going to work for you because that the window of safety you have between 22 and 28 and this person is quite loud and i'm like no that, that, that there's no scriptural basis for that and there's so much there's so much involved or involved in this single ministry that i can't i can't even start unpacking at this point in time so there are a lot of false teachings there's a lot of stigmatization um with singles regardless of the circumstance around okay i must say that we don't have child care, so you come alone. Um, I believe but many single mothers will really benefit um, because when you really discover who you are in Christ Jesus and who God has called you to be and the beautiful things that God is doing in your life and what he wants to do in your life, uh, you are able to get on that journey of wholeness, attaining wholeness in Christ Jesus. You, you will better be able to parent your child and you can also protect yourself against predators who may want to exploit you because you're a single mother right and also goes with that um, and the same thing also goes with a single father amen, amen. praise the lord amen. i want to shut up here and then get into the message for today amen so i have quite a few artifacts in front of me i have my tablet i have my phone i have one bible i have notes and this so this message is a, is a very crucial one for us so guys i think let me just give you advance warning i might have to go a bit a uh, five minutes uh be um over time today now so this message i titled i titled it another gospel beware of another gospel because of the confusion and the false teachings that we are constantly inundated with in the body of christ it seems like in every church you will always find someone who will come up with a false teaching and many of such people are influenced by their carnal nature 
their selfishness or their preferred way of seeing things. The Holy Spirit is one. The Bible tells us that we have one faith, the Christian faith. We have one Father, our Heavenly Father. Our, we have one God. We have one Christ. We have one Holy Spirit who works in each and every one of us. The body of Christ is one. Take your time to read the book of 1 Corinthians 12. The body of Christ is one. God has placed each and every one of us in one body, one unit, spiritual body, to place unique parts, a unique role, uh, to play a unique role in the entire body of Christ. It is one, one, one spiritual body, one spiritual system. Amen. And each and every one of us have been given graces, which is divine abilities, to function, to play a unique part in the body of Christ. Amen. But why this division? Why are these falsehoods? Why this confusion in the body of Christ? I would say that one of the reasons why we have a lot of confusion, divisions in the body of Christ, is because of human intervention in the gospel of grace or human distortion. When I say intervention is distortion, I mean human beings are putting or adding stuff to the gospel message. We have one Bible, even though we have different translations. But if we read these Bibles properly, they say the same thing. Many unbelievers don't want to come to Christ because they don't see one body. They don't see one Christianity. They don't see one God. And as a result, that gives opportunity to other religions to give people alternative ways to get to God. But that's not true. The Bible tells us that Jesus is God come in the flesh. Jesus said nobody has seen the Father except himself who came from the Father. Jesus said it's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. Romans chapter 10, the Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart the Lord Jesus and confess with our mouth, if we believe in our heart the Lord Jesus and confess him as our Lord, we'll be saved. Right? The Bible tells us that anyone who calls, calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can you hear? One Lord. One Lord. One, one body. Right? And the Bible tells us that how a person is saved is when they hear the preaching of the good news. If you look at the Bible, it, there's no variation in the Bible. So why the division? The division, one of the reasons for the division is because of human involvement, human wanting to achieve something, carnality, ungodliness, that people are trying to introduce into the gospel. Amen. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 11 to start with. 2 Corinthians 11. Uh, let me go here. So finishing up on my, on my series on the gospel, not sharing this particular message will not make that uh, series complete or that series will be incomplete if I don't talk about this. I've shared with us over the past eight weeks that about, about um, the gospel, right? And it's very easy for people to, even though they've learned for about seven, eight weeks now about the gospel, they can still be distracted, lured into a lie, deception. And it kind of makes the work of the pastor wasted in a sense. So we need to talk about this, about this another gospel, another version, shiny gospel that people are bringing to people. 
Amen. So let's start from verse 1, 2 Corinthians 11. Hold that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me. So this is the New King James Version. For I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband. Can you see another one? One husband. Talking about Jesus. Because Jesus is the groom, figuratively, and the church is the bride. Now, Paul said, I have betrothed you to one husband. Now, Paul did not even try to win the people to himself. He won the people to Christ. So another reason why, <clears throat> excuse me, that why we have a lot of variations and confusion in the body of Christ is because people are trying to win other people to themselves, not to Christ. Some people see Christianity as a business, an opportunity to make money, to build a name. That's what they see Christianity for. And it's common among Christian circles to hear people say this thing. You hear people say things like, well, church is a, is a, church is a, is a, is a money business. How do I put it? Church is a money business. Church is a money-making thing. Yeah, money-making venture. It's not true. P Some people may have commercialized the ch uh, not the church, their own church or an organization and put a label or brand on it as a church. But the church is not a commercial venture. It's not a making money venture. The church is the body of Christ. So I'm going to trust God to help me to illustrate, to carefully do this work this morning so that many of you guys can be, can have understanding. Please, you know, I, I'm kind of, you know, I, I call me very confident about it, but today I'm pleading with you because your life and the life of your children and your descendants, in a sense, depend on this truth. Amen. So Paul said, I betrothed you to one husband. Who is Christ Jesus? Be very careful when people begin to shout and amplify the name of their ministry. We are this. We are the only place. What you will hear most of them say, or some of them say is, this is the place where God is. You are either here or nowhere else. If you join our church and in three months and your life does not change, you can go somewhere else. You start hearing things like, uh, there are many, I've had many, many versions of this kind of words to secure, to lock you down in that place. And to be honest with you, it's, they're operating like a cult. Now, the Bible tells us that we all believers are members of the body of Christ and God has given us graces to play a part, a key part in the entire body system, body system of Christ Jesus. And God has given people different assignments. My own assignment in the whole of body and in the entire scheme of this is to help people discover and become who God has called them to be. Identity. That's my own part. Some people will teach you faith, will teach you grace. Some people, I have a friend who is when it comes to grace, it's just something else. Right? Pastor Dai, if you can't come, if you come to come across him. <laughs> I get to me. So people have different assignments. Now, let me show you something. One practical thing about, about church. Now, God is concerned about the individual and God can plant different churches that this believer can go through to learn and to grow. So you are the focus of God's love. You are the focus of God's passion. You are the focus of God's kindness. You and I are the focus of, the, of God. So God does not deal with us as an organization or as a venture. He deals with us as one person, one person, individuals. People have asked me, man of God, What's the vision of your church? Uh, where do you see your church in the next five years? I don't run with that. And I've corrected them. I said, the vision of our church is focused on the people. Even five years time, say we have 500 people, who when they came in, 
do not know who they are and in five years time they know their identity to a very much extent and they are occupying who, they are occupying their position in the body of christ they are going into the world shining light winning souls nurturing people discipling people leading their children you know operating in the fields that go and sectors that god has called them to that is our vision sorry that is our church fulfilling its assignment so my uh, my vision is focused on the individual not as an organization so things like becoming a household name should not be in the dictionary of a church now we should be known as our uh, we should be known as carriers of light that will be a light in the community jesus called us the light of the world uh ephesians 5 it tells us that we are children of light in Christ Jesus. So we should be focused on our impact as opposed to our name or organization. Amen. So, but when individuals are focused on making a name, when individuals are focused on making money, when individuals are focused on one, one personal ident- agenda or the other, they, 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 they introduce uh, wrong doctrines into the gospel because they will have switched into their own way of thinking they're engrossed with what they want to achieve or what they want to accomplish and unconsciously i repeat unconsciously when you and i any believer begins to operate by what we want to accomplish in our mind what we think is good for us so when we put ourselves in the cent- as a center of any christian work do you know what happens we will unconsciously begin to bring in the flesh, bring in ungodliness in our work. Is everything okay? Right? So we must be very careful. I beg with us this morning. You can see this morning, I'm very, very humble. I am pleading with us. Let us be very, very careful. Life and death, people's life depend on this. Amen. Father, please help me to do this in one service. Right. I mean, do this teaching one service. My my heart is reaching out. I think I'm 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 I'm, spe- I'm speaking from the compassionate side of God this morning. Amen. Right. Amen. <clears throat> so I breath- I betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow has the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. One problem is this, many, because Christianity is simple, all you need to do is to believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and confess him as your Lord. Believe in your heart. Believe in your heart. Confess. So Christianity is not a performance-based relationship with God, whereby you do something for God to be happy with you. You do something for God to bless you. That is not Christianity. Amen. That is not Christianity. Christianity is a faith-based relationship with God. We know we normally say that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Do you know what that means? It means you don't do the fighting. You enjoy the benefit of the victory that Jesus has given to you. So Jesus did the fighting. He overcame principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. He did a he stripped them of their power and right to control your life. And what you and I need to do is to believe in what Jesus has done, <clears throat> excuse me, identify with it, confess it, and align our actions and our thoughts with what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Everything about the Christian faith is, Christian faith, we call it faith, is to believe, not to add actions, activities to it, 
Many people, when they give their life to Christ, they are so excited in the Lord. Then they go to church and the church begins to tell them, or to a particular church, and the church begins to tell them they need to do 70 things for God to bless them. They need to sow special seed for, for, for a miracle in their life and all kind of stuff. And people unconsciously switch back into a performance-based relationship. Though they believe in God by their heart or they came to Christ by faith, now they are so focused on doing something for God to be happy with them. That is not correct. And such people, though they started with excitement in their Christian journey, but along the line, they realized that they are depressed, they are struggling, because the Christian life can never be lived by human strength. The Christian life can never be lived out by human strength. You just have to depend on the grace of God and walk by faith. Try it. Okay, if you have been paying all manner of sacrifice, all manner of special seed, all manner of special offering, I'm not saying we should not give. Uh, that's not in the context of my of my topic today. So if you are thinking, if you are thinking about giving, let's pack that aside. I'll talk about that in future, and I've talked about that in several messages. But I'm talking about trying to give, trying to do something for God to bless you. How is it working for you? How does it make you to be consistent in your work with God? Because you give to want to get something. So all of these variations of performance-based um, Christian life is making Christianity difficult for people. And it still comes down to one thing, that the Christian faith is simple. But some people think it should be more difficult. It should be very difficult. Many people think the kingdom of God is something you should fight to get. You should labor to get. That's not true. I've dealt with many demonic cases without fasting. Without praying, I mean, some chronic demonic cases. Even the, those times that those cases came up, not in my life, but other people's lives, I didn't even, ha- I, I couldn't even step back to go fasting or to go praying. I just had to exercise the authority I have in Christ Jesus. Now, if I was performance based minded in my Christian work, many people that God has used me to help will not be helped today because I'll be thinking, I'll, or the first thing will come to my mind is, how, how, how much have I fasted to deal with this demon? Now, and I'm not discrediting fasting. That's also another topic for another day, not today. But I'm just trying to say everything we do in the Christian faith should not be done to get something from God, should not be done to try to, uh, uh, sh- 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 should not be something we do to make God like us, God to be happy with us, God to bless us. No, Christian faith is by faith. It's simple. So let's carry on. So Paul is saying that, so your might may, so, uh, so I'll take verse three again. But I fear lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. It is, working with Christ is very, very simple by faith. Amen. Verse four says, for he who comes, for he who comes preaches, sorry, Where's my glasses? I can get my glasses. I had it here. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes when I'm tired, my eyes are tired too. Right? So I said, for he, for if he, that's what I'm looking for. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Now, in this point in time, right, just to give us a little bit of context. So some guys came into Corinthian church and were trying to discredit the authority of Paul, trying to discredit the apostleship of Paul. You know, they even went down as for, down, <laughs> Paul had to defend his, his apostleship 
I mean, his authority of being sent, Paul had to defend it by saying that he's not an eloquent preacher, but he's a thinker, right? You know, I got something from Amplif uh, from the New Living Translation. Hence, I said I have um, a lot of artifacts in front of me. Now, so uh, that same verse 4. Now, so this is a New Living Translation, the um, life application version. Let me read out some, con some, some content to you. It says, uh, the Corinthian believers fell for smooth thought talk and messages that sounded good and seemed to make sense. Now, when some people come to you with some eloquence, with some, you know, some charisma, they, are, they look shiny, nice shoes, nice suit. Everything is sparkling clean, nice gold necklace, you know, clean. And they are speaking the English. You better be careful. You better watch. Every believer must train their ears to hear the truth. As believers, we should not be moved by what we see. But we should be moved by the truth. You know, I was speaking to someone and I challenged them in terms of, um, uh, you know, the kind of people they like, you know, and I was like, Is it, do you like this kind of people because of their looks? <laughs> we can't be carried by looks. We can't be carried by tone of voice. The Christianity is a life-dispensing faith, life-given faith. It's not, a, it's not a sentimental or feel-good faith. You know, many people will not go to churches where they will be told the truth, like my, like our church. But they will go to a place where the pastor will, you know, just put words together to make them feel good about themselves. But do you know that part of the making of a person is correction? When the Lord corrects you, that that thing you're doing is not right. At that point in time, when the Lord is correcting you, it does not feel good. But it is unto your edification to build you up, to help you have stability, achieve stability in your Christian life. Amen. So uh, let's carry on with those. What does um, uh, what's called commentary? Yeah. So the Corinthian believers fell for smooth talk and messages that sounded good and seemed to make sense. They seem to make sense, but do they actually make spiritual sense? Don't believe someone simply because he or she sounds like an authority or says words you like to hear i repeat in case you missed that one don't believe someone simply because he or she sounds like an authority they sound like but are they an authority or says words you like to hear this is killing us i've trained myself and i'm still and i'm still training myself not to be moved or carried away by the exciting or the things that people say. No. You know, I, I've learned not to be an emotional Christian. When I enter Christian meetings or Christian or churches or Christian gatherings, when people are in the spirit and shaking and shivering and whining, and I'm not saying some of them are not real, some of them are really under the influence of the power of the Holy Ghost, right? But some people have taken it as their as their symbol, signature, you know, that sister. That's under always under the anointing. Friends, don't be fooled by the things you see. I've trained myself not to be moved by some by some screaming, some shouting. Some people, <laughs> friends, when, when I pray for people, people fall. Things happen, right? Uh, you see more of that when we <laughs> when we start meeting face to face. But they don't freak me. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't get my attention as such. 
Because if a person is going down, if I lay hands on them or I speak, you know, so many times, sometimes I don't even, I don't even lay hands on people. I just speak and you see people screaming and stuff like that. I don't allow it to move me. So if you fall down, you better rise up. So when you fall down, you better fall down with that, and that problem leave you as you are on the floor. So when you are rising down, you are not rising up with that same problem. That's my own. I get him. But to fall and rise, <clears throat> don't come and gesticulate and dramatize in the church for us. <clears throat> no, no, no. So friends, if you want to go buy some coughing, when people cough, they say they are coughing out demons and uh, the power of God is shaking me. You'll be so deceived. I guess I mean, you'll be so deceived. So friends, I'm, I'm pleading with us this morning. I know, I just feel, feel like I'm speaking to you guys. I, today, I, you know, before I came on, came on air, I was like, I was struggling. I was like, Lord, how do, how do I arrange all of these things that you're showing me that I need to share with your people? I was like, I'm just going to start somewhere and then we see how far God leads us. Amen. But the focus is to discredit the thought of another gospel that some people may bring to you. And it's already in the church. But don't forget some things I'm trying to take my time to carefully call out. So let me take that line again in my ad copy Bible. So don't believe someone simply because he or she sounds like an authority. You know the truth. Shall I tell you? If you do not understand the context of a subject or what a subject is about, you cannot tell if somebody is an authority in that field. Simply put, if you don't know what Christian faith is about or Christianity is about, anybody can come to you with their, with their, with their CV and accomplishment and pretend or present themselves as an authority. You know, back in the days, this is not going to sound nice. This is not going to sound a lot. Help me, guys, and I hope you take it well, right? I'm not trying to be racist. I'm just trying to state the truth. So back back in the days when I was in when I used to live in Nigeria, right? We had this mindset: if it's a white man who is speaking, everything he says is correct. But there was a first there was a pastor which highlights the teachings of a white man that came to Nigeria. So this pastor is one of those kind of, not the pastor that challenged the teaching, and he didn't confront the man, but we were talking and he called some things out. Now, so the pastor of the church, the person who, owns the, who, who, who founded the church, falls into the category of this pastors I'm talking about. Guys, don't think I'm attacking churches. Let me tell you the truth, right? So uh, people are saying, you know what, don't say something about churches. Please, guys, just leave me alone. This morning, let me do my job, right? Amen. Because I do, I, I, I get feedback and they say I'm, I'm attacking the church. I'm not attacking the church. I'm stating the truth. And I don't, I don't know how better way to do it than this. And as you guys can tell, I'm not doing maliciously. I'm not calling anybody names out. Right? So let's get our thinking straight, please. Right? If I'm calling out the truth to help us, to bless us, I'm not attacking people. Please. So let's pay attention. Praise God. Now, now, so this pastor belongs to one of these churches I'm talking about. Very eloquent well-spoken, a businessman, very sound. But of the pastors I've ever met in my life who are manipulative, controlling, and demonic is one of the top-ranking people in among those pastors. You know, this pastor looked at me one day. I was going to, I was planning to come down to the UK and looked at me and said, you know what? The white people cannot give you visa. Don't even, just forget about it. You, you, it will condemn you and demean you as if nothing can ever happen in your life. Now, nobody in the church is as financially prosperous as the man. He controls every, he tries to control 
everybody in the church. Now, I ran a, I ran a youth meeting, meeting and a lot of people turned up. I mean, the guests were more than the church members. Yeah. The guests who came in for the meeting were much more than the church members. The church members that attended were about maybe five or six and we had over 150 guests. The man was angry. He was very angry that I ran a meeting. I, did, I, I was not aware of all of this politics going on there. I'm trying to call something out. And um, all of a sudden, next Tuesday, they called me. They said, you know, we are running a youth meeting for five days. And they brought people from all over this, all over the country. And I mean, they spent, at that time, they spent about 350000 naira. Then it was a big morning. And all, all I spent on that program was about 1000 one, um, I don't think I spent about 3000 naira. Because I printed the, the flyers for like maybe 17, 17 naira kind of thing. And um, so they, they spent uh, nearly a thousand fold. Is that correct? So 350k and 1,000. 350,000 folds, about, right? So they spent thousands and thousands of folds of money on this program than I did. Guys, you know what? All through the sessions, we did not count 20 in attendance. And in my session, we counted more than 170 people in attendance. No, we did not count up to 20 in attendance in all the sessions. Except for one woman who was sincere, who has a passion for single people. The last night, the auditorium was full. I guess because woman was very reputable and stuff like that. But all of the sessions, and I, did, I wasn't aware that there was so much anger going on behind the scenes. You know, it was when I left the church, I started learning, I started learning all this. And the man was angry at me and he would block everything that I tried to do. And I'm actually serving him. Everything I was doing was for him. So me reflecting back at some point in my life, I was like, the science was all over the place that that's not a good place to be because the man controlled everybody in the church. And if he can't control you, he's going, he's going to have problems with you. And the same thing with his wife. So I don't know why God is leading me to call that out. So guys, be very careful. This guy speaks eloquent, well-respected, even on the state, in terms of um, Christianity, well-respected, you know. But he's one of the people that you do not come near. And I know pastors who respect him and look up to him, and they are all playing part in this evil, evil and ungodly practice. And I'm speaking as a pastor evil and ungodly practice using people controlling people friends this is evil so i'm saying to you wherever you go right don't be carried away by glam by you know how i'm i need, I need words the shining the bells and the whistles listen for the truth and i was saying to us that if we do not understand the christian faith anybody can present themselves as an authority in the field but they are not so i challenge you I challenge every one of us this morning to go back, pick up our Bible and study the Bible. Let us know what the Christian faith is about. People are trying to suppress the truth. People are trying to make money out of the Christian faith, trying to build names out of the Christian faith, trying to build empires out of the Christian faith. And many of us are victims. We are people being used. And when some of us then realize the truth, we feel so bad, we are angry, and it's taking us... Some I've seen people's lives kind of really messed up because of the bitterness and resentment uh you know due to the abuse experienced in the church but the signs were there all along the signs were there right so 
I was talking about the pastor who challenged, so who challenged the white man's teaching. So this particular, so this particular pastor who challenged the white man's teaching is also is a kind of like um, a senior pastor in this man's church. So the man is still in business today, you know. Um, when I say business, because that's how they run church. I mean, not the pastor who challenged, not the senior pastor, but the founder of the church. Right. So we're having a conversation one day and he said, this guy who came here to speak to us because this, this, the founder of the church usually bring a lot of people in church to come and speak. And, you know, I don't know too much, but a few things I just disagree with, like, this is not horror. This is not, I just, I didn't know better, but I was just, and I'm a crazy server. I will serve you well. I won't challenge you. It's not in my culture, it's not in my discipline that I would challenge any authority that I'm under. If I feel you are not walking in the path of the Lord, I'll pray for you that God will give you wisdom kind of thing. And if I feel my time is up in that place, I check out. That's how I live. I don't go and cause trouble. You know, uh, please don't be like one young girl I met one day who, want, who was going to meet the church leadership and tell them that they are not running the church properly. It's not your business. It's not my business to tell anyone they are not running their church properly. I don't know their calling. I don't know their assignment. Amen. And I don't know why they are doing things. And how do I even know that what I'm saying, I'm saying correctly because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So it's not my business. But my business is if what I'm being taught does not align with the word of God, if it is a different gospel, an alternative, a different gospel, a different spirit, a different Jesus, it's my, my business is to live. Friends, the church is not a social community. It's not for social community. It's not for socializing. The Bible calls the church the ground and the pillar of truth. So, going to church should not be your, our primary reason for going to church should not be to go and meet our friends and have fellowship and uh, meet our friends and you know we have good friends. So, anything we do in church that okay. So uh, let me put it this way: if a church right has all the bells and the whistles, their community action, all kind of stuff is there. And they do not preach the truth. They do not build the people. They do not raise the people in Christ. That church is literally dead. Because life in a church and what makes a church a church is Christ Jesus and the Holy Ghost. So when a church is focused on all that kind of social gatherings and activities and they do not have Christ or focused on Christ and the Holy Ghost and focus on their primary assignment to make disciples build people, the church is distracted. They are heading for death, already dead. So going back to this, continuing my story of the man of God, which I lynched the white man. So the man said to me, I can't hear, you know, like, no, there's no Christ in what these guys are teaching. And I was like, what are you talking about, man of God? Until not until after over 10 years that I understood what the man was talking about. The members of the church were dead like dead. And I still know a few of them now today who they don't even know Christ. And it's quite sad. It saddens my heart. Amen. So as I try to wrap up, um, we'll continue here next week. So don't believe someone simply because he or she sounds like an authority or says words you like to hear. Now, Action. Search the Bible and check Israel teachings against God's word. The Bible should be your authoritative guide. I repeat, the Bible should be your authoritative guide. Don't listen to any authoritative preacher who contradicts God's word. Does everything fall in line now? I'm saying to you, if you don't know the word of God, if you don't know what the Christian faith is about, 
anyone who seems to sound eloquent. Hallelujah. I've seen one of the most ridiculous things in my life in Christian circles. One of the most ridiculous things I've, I thought could ever exist. So there's this man of God. I repeat, I'm not attacking the church. I'm telling you the truth. Because the problem we have here is people about people deceiving you. Not, it, it, it's just that the, you know, they come into the church. So wh- what should I be talking about? The deception is in the church. So what should I be talking about? It's a question. Should I be talking about the man on the street? No, because we are being deceived in the church. So the man of God stood one, one morning. I don't know. I just, he's a, he's a respected man of God. And he, he, he made a sound. Mm! And the entire church were running and screaming. He, he was trying to say something, but just the first sound, intelligent men and women running, elter skater, sh- shouting, rolling. I'm like, he has not said anything. Andrew Mack was talking about um, a pastor friend who also you know, started off in this kind of path of eloquence, you know, sophistication, and stuff like that. And the man, I think, met Andrew, you know, realized he's wrong. So he went back to his church to test his wrong practice. Can you remember? So the man said, so in the midst of his teaching, he said, Mary had a little lamb. So, and the old church was screaming, they were jumping, the keyboard is pressing. He was shocked. Do you know what he said? He said, Mary had a little lamb. And the people, I don't know what the people had, they were screaming, they were rolling. He felt so embarrassed in himself that this is the kind of church he's been running. The people do not know the word of God. The people are not stable in their work with God. The people are sentimental. They are, sens- they are sensational Christians who worship emotions. They are looking for a feel-good church. But they are not established and grounded in Christ. Hence, they can be easily deceived. Hence, you find out many of the men are messing about with women. Hence, you find out their children on the streets doing stuff. Hence, you find out their women are into all kinds of stuff. And you find out that there's a lot of issues going on in the church because the truth and the Holy Ghost is not the center of focus in such churches, but eloquence, smoke screens, and kind of stuff. Some people will not even go to church except you have a, you have a band or you have a worship team. So if a church has a nice worship team who can sing eloquently and the word of God is not there, it's empty. The word of God, the word of truth, should be the foundation of every church. Amen. This is my intro. Still have a long way to go. So 2 Corinthians 11, 1, 2, 3. Hold on to that. Next week, by God's grace, I get more into it. Showing us another gospel, in um, <coughs> the, 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 the ramifications of another gospel so that we can know how to stand our ground. A few things I've covered, excuse me, this morning, the word of God. Don't go by what you see. Don't go by what you hear. The gospel is one. The Lord is one. Jesus is one. Holy Spirit is one. The body of Christ is one. The division we have in the body of Christ today is as a result of the fact that there's human carnal intervention or involvement in the Christian faith. And we need more, we must learn to recognize this carnal intervention, carnal involvement, the mission of men, the deception of people, and learn to stand in the truth and not be shy to walk away from falsehood. Bonus. Bonus because you stayed to this time and because you, you gave me extra time. Oh, no. Right. Don't be shy or intimidated to walk away from the truth. If you know someone is preaching and speaking heresy, they may have been 
a brother or a sister in your life for a long time, but you know that these people have been distracted, don't stay in that place and lose your own soul. Don't forget that Paul was speaking to the, Cor to the Corinthians church that their minds could be corrupted. A, a person who led you to Christ, when they get carnal and ungodly, they can corrupt your mind and make you begin to produce falsehood in your Christian life. Amen. Guys, we look forward to connecting with you on Thursday for Discover and Become podcast. So we are on two weeks break for Transformers Connect. So you guys enjoy your break. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you guys. Uh, stay, stand your ground. Open, keep your eyes open and your ears open. Listen to the truth and also deception. Have a nice day. Bye.